Welcome to the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow your Australia on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can go to our website, wearerigoradio.com. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, along with the other podcast program for War Media by simply going to War on Anchor, which takes you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app. We are available on all podcast platforms. Just type in that search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on YouTube. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. As we take our bow and give our kisses to you lovely folks out there, thank you in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we're unapologetically fun. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, our guest for this segment, we're going to bring him on, known him for the last few years. He actually did a studio show. Illinois Media is going to um, do one of my other shows. Uh, he is Mr. Zach Pearson. He's from the Bear Report. You can catch his, uh, his articles at thebearreport.com. Where can they follow you on social media, Zach? Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. It's just um, Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. And then the Bear Report on Twitter is just Bear Report. Okay. Lakina, one, two, three. Musa. <laughs> that's what, that's what, like I said, I'm laughing at this point. So, <laughs> uh, our top story for, for, for this show is that the Chicago Bears signed quarterback Andy Dalton earlier this week in free agency. He'll earn up to $13 million. He signed one year for $10 million. He can earn up to $13 million if he meets certain incentives. Of course, this comes off the heels of the Bears. Uh, attempt to get Russell Wilson proved to be for not. Uh, of course, they're not into Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I know he has other issues. We'll get to that later. But, Zach, uh, we talked about this a little bit before we brought you on today. Uh, today, uh, If you're listening to local media and national media podcasts, reading a whole bunch of articles, uh, people are upset to the highest degree. You have people like Lakina, no offense, laughing at this, and I don't blame her for that. <laughs> the, the, we all know that the Bears as an organization have been a, a, a joke for a while. But before we really break this down, I want to get your initial thoughts of uh, the Bears signing quarterback Andy Dalton. Is this a good move or is this just uh, another blunder in the Bears front office just covering up for the fact they couldn't go after the top guy? I mean, if you look at Twitter and pay attention to what the fans are saying, it's an awful move and the, and the world is ending. And I totally get their frustrations. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of the move, but I would say just give it some time. I don't think this is the last quarterback they're going to acquire um, this offseason. I do think they would still be in play for Russell Wilson if um, Seattle does decide to trade him. And I do think they're going to draft a rookie quarterback if they can't get Wilson. So I, I think Dalton's just a placeholder to kind of make the offense a little more simpler. He's got, you know, familiarity with Bill Lazor. They're trying to add Kenny Galladay. They're trying to get another receiver in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's obviously not what Bears fans expected. I think, you know, the three to four weeks of Andy Dalton, or uh, I'm sorry, Russell Wilson hype kind of made Bears fans sour when they saw Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
man, you have the shiny car, the Lamborghini and Russell Wilson, <laughs> and then you settle, you know, maybe for like a, a Mazda or something like that. And Andy Dalton. So <laughs> it's, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's not a terrible, terrible move, I, I would say, but it's not just the move that everyone expected. And I don't think it really makes the bears a contender at all. Now let's talk about the defense for a second. There's here, Zach, but, um, you know, a couple of days ago, Kyle Fuller was released, and now, now it looks like maybe Akeem Hicks might be getting traded because apparently they've, you know, they've you know, granted his permission to seek a trade. So, what's going on here with this? What's they gonna? What's going on here with this Bears defense? You know, it's gonna look completely different next year. And you know, what, what do you think? Because this is just, like I said, this is my my own amusement here. I'm just, you know, yeah, you know, looking at the side, at the side, <laughs> and like, you know, just just laughing and amusing because do they even know what they're what they're trying to do? Yeah, you know, I think looking at Kyle Fuller when he was owed $21 million this year, that wasn't going to happen. So the Bears kind of had a couple of choices. They asked him to take a pay cut, and he said no, and I don't think he should have taken a pay cut either. I think he's played to a level where he has earned his money. Um, the other option was to trade him. Uh, that's still kind of in, the, in, in play, uh, depending if they could find a team. Otherwise, they're just going to outright release him today. And then you look at Akeem Hicks, and it's like kind of the same situation. You know, he was kind of one of those pieces in a, a, a trade, a potential trade for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. And kind of what I'd say to this is, I don't think that a lot of people realize or kind of when, when there was people on Twitter and Bears, other Bears writers, Jonathan Wood um, from the Bears blog is a good guy who back in, I believe it was October, he's been pushing on Twitter. The Bears are not going to keep all these defensive players. I think people, people kind of like, you know, blew past that and like, ah, that's not really that true. And then on the Bear report, um, Andrew Freeman and his mock off season pretty much wrote the same thing. Like they're not going to be able to keep Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks due to cap situations. So I think it kind of came as a shock because people might not have been paying much attention or, you know, not, not on purpose, but didn't take that serious enough. It's just the reality is they've signed guys like Robert Quinn for way too much money. They signed guys like Jimmy Graham for way too much money. They've given extensions for way too much money. And eventually you're going to have to let go of players because the money is not there. The pandemic obviously hurt them. You know, it, it's not really an excuse, but it is something that was in play because the salary cap did not rise for the first time in, you know, a, lo a long time. So they were kind of screwed on that end, but, I, I mean, as far as a plan, I really don't know. I think the plan right now is we're going to free up cap space. We're going to try taking a run at someone like Kenny Galladay, look at cheaper options at cornerback, look at cheaper options on the defensive line, and hopefully just recoup cap space and, and kind of move forward with that and see if we can kind of patchwork this defense and offense together. And, you know, the most important thing is I don't think now, I, going into the offseason, I thought this is a must-win year for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I don't know now because these moves kind of tell me that they may have more job security than we think that they do. That's bad news if that's the case, <laughs> but yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens on that front. Zach, let's go back to Andy Dalton for a moment. Of course, he's reunited with uh, Bill Lazor, who's the current offensive coordinator for the bears. Of course, we all know the success that the bears had during the last month of the season last year. Do you trust Matt Nagy? I know he's the head coach. He has to sign off on everything, but do you trust Matt Nagy to let Bill Lazor do his job, or do you think he's going to meddle his hands in everything and mess things up like he did toward the end of last <laughs> year, last season? Yeah, there, there were definitely times where Matt Nagy had, you know, a little more of the play-calling duties than what, you know, we expected when Bill Lazor took over. There were some obvious plays. You could tell that's a Matt Nagy play. So 
I don't think it's going to be like that. I think there'll be a couple of plays where Matt Nagy will say, hey, we, we want to run these any point in the game. Just put them in the playbook and put them in your play sheet and we'll call them. Listening to Andy Dalton yesterday, he talked a lot about Bill Lazor and what he envisions his offense being, and he's got the connection to Bill Lazor. So listening to him talk about, you know, how he's doing film and, you know, kind of doing research on the guys so far on the roster, how the Bears' offense looked last year, what they fixed, things like that. And then also bringing up Bill Lazor, I do think it's going to be Bill Lazor calling the plays more often than not because I do think, you know, that was part of it. Andy Dalton says – it was a starting being able to have a starting job here in Chicago was a big key. I think right behind that was having familiarity with Bill Lazor and Bill Lazor being the play caller. I wouldn't be shocked if that was one of the big selling points for him. So I would expect Bill Lazor to, you know, have a role like he did last year, but a little more because I mean, he showed us, Hey, we, he can run an offense. I mean, they were playing Jacksonville and Houston and Minnesota towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like they were, you know, really, really bad. Um, for, for most of the time that he was the offensive coordinator, they still showed some signs of uh, kind of breaking out. So I will say Bill Lazor is probably going to have, you know, the play calling duties going into this season. Now, going back to that, you know, Dalton said in the presser that he was basically promised a starting job, but do you see them perhaps maybe try to package something together and perhaps maybe train up in the draft to probably get maybe a Trey Lance or a Kyle Trask or somebody of that ilk? Yeah, um, you know, they also told Mike Glennon he was going to be the starter when they signed him in 2017, and then a couple months later they drafted Mitch Trubisky. So I don't, you know, they could tell Glennon, hey, you're the starter week one, but that's the starter week one. It, that, that, that shouldn't, you know, hamper them from drafting a quarterback or trading for a quarterback. If Russell Wilson becomes available again, I think the Bears will take another shot at him. As far as the quarterbacks that draft, you know, I think you could get Kyle Trask maybe in the second round, third round. He might actually be, if you want to go defensive back, offensive tackle, another skill position, you want to wait for a quarterback, I'd probably wait for Kyle Trask. If you want to make, you know, take stick to swing for the fences in terms of the draft, I would try to trade up and get Trey Lance. Um, I've seen some mocks that have Justin Fields falling outside of 10. Justin Fields falls outside of 10. I think that's a no-brainer to trade up to number 10. But they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. They're probably not going to get Zach Wilson. Um, Mac Jones is not a guy I would trade up for. I, I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. He's not a guy I would, I would trade up for. But in reality, you look at the top ten, there are, what, six, six, seven teams, depending how you look at it, that could take a quarterback. The Bears are just in a spot where who wants to move back to 20? I mean, which one of those teams is going to say, okay, yeah, we'll take number 20 and hope that one of these quarterback falls uh, I don't see it kind of happening. So they're going to have to put together a big package, but I don't think it should limit them. You know, the Andy Dalton sign shouldn't limit them. I think they could still make a move. Zach Pearson of the Bear Report is joining us here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sidney Brown, which is me. <laughs> Zach, let's go to the wide receiver, Allen Robinson. He's signs the one-year franchise tag for $18 million, I believe. Of course, there's news yep. coming out of Hallis Hall that they're talking to free agent wide receiver Kenny Galladay, a Chicago kid, a former Detroit Lion. I want to first focus in on Robinson. Do you think yep. the Bears will keep him for one year or do you think that uh, they'll actually come to some conclusion in terms of a, a long contract extension? I think they'll try. Um, I think they'll try to keep him for the long term. I can't imagine, you know, that uh, signing like Andy Dalton really made Allen Robinson, you know, be like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to stay here for the long term. 
and maybe take a discount. I don't think there's going to be any discount. I think he's going to – if he doesn't get the money he wants, he's going to be out of here after a year. And I think – I found it kind of interesting he signed it, you know, on Thursday after all this news happened because this wide receiver market, you know, outside of a couple of guys, it's been kind of bad. I mean, you look still look. Mm-hmm. Kelly Galladay's still unsigned. There's reports he wants $18 million a year. It's just I think Robinson kind of realized, yeah, I think I need to sign this, guarantee my money, lock it in, we'll see what happens. If I had a bet right now, I would say he's probably gone after this year. Um, that could change, though. I mean, they could trade up in the draft and draft and get a quarterback. It's, you know, anything could happen during the regular season. Right now here in March, I would say prop, they're going to try for a long-term deal, but I wouldn't kind of bet on him being here for the long term. And they could probably still trade him, too. I mean, that's probably yeah, yep. why, they, they, yeah, why he signed the tenure, because they can't trade him unless he had signed it. So yep, that's, just my, that's just my um, <laughs> that, that's just my synopsis here, Zach. But, um, you know, about this, this whole thing with the, um, with, with the, with the, with the offense here, um, they picked up a couple of guys, you know, with the O-line. Do you think that they try to go O-line if they, if they decide not to trade? You know, say Sam Pats, you know, does, is that the direction they decide to go in the draft? Yeah, I think it's a very strong offensive line class, um, especially at tackle. And, you know, you have Jermaine Orfetti, but the long term, that's not going to be your solution out there at right tackle. So I think if, if they don't go quarterback, I would say the two positions would probably be defensive back and offensive tackle. I mean, you could probably address those two in the first two rounds in either order. Both those positions are deep. I mean, you could be looking at, um, you know, probably Greg Newsom from Northwestern or defensive back and then, and then fall back and get a tackle too, or kind of get a tackle and look for someone else in the second round at defensive back. I would say tackle's definitely a priority though, because you, you got to get your anchor on the offensive line. You got to solidify that offensive line. And if you're kind of rebuilding on the fly, getting a young offensive tackle that's very good, very talented as your anchor is a good start on that offensive line. Sticking with that offense, Zach, Robert Massey, uh, who has been, all, been already released, I know Jimmy yep. Graham and possibly Charles Lund Jr. still may be kept casualties on the Bears currently as of this broadcast are $14 million under the salary cap. Do you think one or both of those guys get cut or do you see – a name that we're not talking about that could possibly get cut. Yeah, I, in terms of surprises, I don't think – I mean, J- Jimmy Graham wouldn't really be a surprise to me. Um, I think he'd probably be the next guy to be cut if, if they have to make a move or at least restructure the contract. I think they're going to keep Leno. I just think, you know, you look at the tackles in the NFL and, you know, it's fair to criticize Leno because of the penalties and sometimes he's just – he's out. he looks lost out there. But you look at the tackles out there that are available – there's not many better than him. And then you look at the tackles that are getting paid high. I mean, a lot of these tackles are getting big money. And to find someone that can actually play 16 games a year and give you that, it's very tough without breaking the bank. So I would say Leno's probably safe. I'd be shocked if they, if they cut him. I wouldn't be as shocked by Graham. You know, I, I don't think there's any other player in terms of cutting uh, to kind of free up cap space. I do think Anthony Miller's an eye, a guy to keep an eye on. Um, in terms of trade value, because there's always a report that they're shopping him. He could be packaged with another player or something like that, maybe a draft day trade. In terms of cutting, I wouldn't say offense, not much. Because, I mean, look at the receivers. You know, Darnell Mooney's under contract. Riley Ridley's not making that much. Javon Wims not making that much. They're not going to save you um, a lot of money there. 
Now, Zach, I'm I've been sort of been racking my brain around some of these NFL moves. Well, well, well let's talk about the whole mm-hmm. scope of the the free agency so far. You said yourself about the wide receivers. Um, it just came you know just came across why that Juju Smith is actually going back to the Steelers on a one year oh, okay. deal. So yeah, so that that's sort of was kind of a shocking there for some of us. But has has there been like any type of move so far that kind of made you want to scratch your head, or has there been a move that's sort of like, huh, really? And then you know, any surprising moves you think? Oh man, surprising. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Nothing crazy. I think the Raiders kind of letting go pretty much of their whole offensive line is kind of odd to me. <laughs> also, Kenny, also Kenny and Drake was a little bit interesting because I thought, you know, Josh Jacobs was a good running back number one for them. And he kind of faltered late in the year last year. Yeah. But Kenny and Drake going there, now they're going to be splitting carries. Yeah, I would say, man, the Raiders, the, the Patriots spending money, that's kind of surprising, too. I think they're kind of going all in. Um, and then the Colts kind of having all the money to spend and not really spending much of it outside of, <laughs> you know, trading for Carson Wentz. So, no, it's just a weird year. It's just, it's you know, with COVID and all that going on, a lot of teams are looking at these one-year deals where they can, you know, get a player to prove it and then sign them back next year. Or these deals are kind of a lot of voidable years, like Taysom Hill. Everyone looked at the big money there. I'd be shocked if he saw all that money. All the years are voidable. So it's just kind of a way for them to kind of get under the salary cap and kind of work, you know, work with that. Nothing crazy as of yet. You know, I don't know. There's, it's just so, there's so many talented players still left. And I think this is going to drag on usually, you know, longer than it usually does. Uh, last moment or two with Zach Pearson of the Bear Report right here on the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Zach, going back to the subject of Cal Fuller, of course, uh, I'm afraid that he's going to go to the Packers because remember the Packers signed up to that office sheet a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and the Bears matched it. Uh, I like Jalen Johnson. I know he missed the last month of the year, including that playoff game against the Saints uh, due to injury, but where do the Bears go from here as far as finding Cowboys' replacement? It's going to be tough. As, as far as I know, there's nothing out there in the free agent market. It looks like you have to go search for it in the draft. And the Bears, unless you know something I don't know, they don't have that many mm-hmm. picks. Yeah. It's, you know, you're right. There's really, on free agency, there's a bunch of veterans out there you'd probably bring in on a one-year deal. Um, I really think they're going to keep it in-house and give Duke Shelley, Kendall Wilder, and Artie Burns, you know, a chance to kind of compete. They also have a couple interesting guys. Uh, Crawford's on the roster, then uh, Tease Tabor from Detroit, who they brought on last year towards the end of the year. I don't feel comfortable with any of them. Replacing Kyle Fuller is very hard. I mean, that's going to be very, very tough. He's not only a guy on the field. I'll tell you this. He's one of the most respected guys in that locker room on the defense. Everyone loves him on the defense. I've never heard anyone say a bad word about him in that locker room. So kind of replacing that's going to be tough too. I would say their best bet is keeping it in house and, and looking at the draft. I think if you can get a guy in the draft, a young player, maybe around one or two, you know, you could kind of start building around him and Jalen Johnson, but it's not going to be easy to, to replace a guy, you know, like Kyle Fuller on the field and off the field in terms of leadership in that locker room. Do you know what direction the Bears are trying to go here, Zach? I mean, try to wipe the slate clean and start over. Are they trying to win now? Or, you know, Pace and Nagy, are they going to be staying longer than the one-year term? I mean, we're hearing all different types of things. So what do you think is happening? I don't think it's a full rebuild. Um, I also don't think that they're not trying to rebuild on the fly. I think that's kind of the path they're going like – you know, we have, to, we have to get rid of some of these guys to stand, you know, stand under the cap and be able to have some flexibility in the future. 
but they don't want to tear it all down because, you know, they still do need a win. And, and there might be some behind the scenes stuff. We don't know, you know, we don't know the contract link for Ryan Pace still. They will not answer that for whatever reason. They just always pass on that question. <laughs> it makes Our no Zoom's sense. messed up. Sorry. <clears throat> what was that? <laughs> right, right. I'm George McCaskey. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's so odd to just like listen to them kind of dance around that question. But, you know, I, I think they're trying to, in a way, I hate using rebuild because I don't think it's rebuild, but kind of rebuild on the fly. Um, try to do like patchwork this together, um, go after a wide receiver, maybe go after and find some cheap veterans on defense and then hopefully draft well. You know, in my eyes, I, I hate saying this, is nothing against Mitchell Trubisky. It's not his fault he was, he was selected that high. It's not his fault he was in Patrick Mahomes and Sean Watson's draft class. I think this all comes back to the quarterback position. Nothing matters unless you get the quarterback right. And they have not been able to get the quarterback right. And now they're trying to go down a different path with this. And I don't know. I, in terms of their plan, I really – I'm shocked at what they're doing. But we just have to kind of – I know it's hard. We just kind of have to trust them in their, in their method of madness, even though I don't think it's going to work out for them in the long run. Last question for me, Zach. Of course, Mario Edwards, let's focus in on the defense. Mario Edwards resigned with Chicago to a three-year deal. But Roy Robinson Harris, who showed some promise while he was here, signs as a free agent with the Jacksonville Jaguars. How yep. huge is this for Chicago? Yeah, so, you know, I like Roy Robinson Harris. Great player, great guy. I just – the Bears could not have given him that money. That was a lot of money to give him. And, um, you know, it worked out well because he signed that big deal and the Bears were set to get a fifth-round uh, compass, uh, comp pick and then they sign Andy Dalton that comp pick is gone so it cancels out so now they lose Roy Robertson Harris they lose a comp pick they bring back Mario Edwards I thought that was a smart move I would I really wanted to see them bring back Brent Urban he went to Dallas um, and now you know I think it's going to be a different defensive line they got Bilal Nichols you got to hope Bilal Nichols takes that next step he, he was really good last season after a poor sophomore season he was really dang good and I think he's going to be a guy that you know they're looking at, okay, maybe we can afford to lose Akeem Hicks and Roy Robertson Harris if a guy like Blaine Nichols um, develops. And, you know, we should criticize the Bears for a lot of stuff. Defensive line, I haven't had a problem with anything they've done. They've actually developed players on the defensive line. So I think that's one of the areas we can trust them in. Uh, I would look at maybe defensive line on day two or day three, the draft, see if they can find a couple of guys, you know, of value. But, you know, in terms of Roy Robertson Harris, I, they just it wasn't realistic. They weren't going to give him that, that money that Jacksonville did. And, you know, as a player, you got to take that money. So. And Harris's son, Jax, actually stole the show at the presser. Oh, God. He's so, so cute. cute. Adorable. <laughs> so cute. Adorable. Last question for me, Zach. Um, you actually just, you know, sort of, I think you guys covered with Sid's last question. Uh, do, you, do you see the Bears making any more, you know, significant moves or cuts? Yeah, if there's if there's a cut, I think it's going to be Akeem Hicks um, or a trade, or they could trade Akeem Hicks. Um, as far as like big moves and additions, you know, I would look. Kenny Galladay wants 18 million. The Bears reportedly offered him anywhere from 11 to 13 million. I would say right now, I don't I don't think he'd come to Chicago unless he'd take that offer. I don't. It's not looking good. I would say in terms of big big moves out there. You know, just staying in the Russell Wilson race. You know, I, I think come draft time, the Seahawks might have to get desperate. Things could get ugly out there. And if that happens, I think that works into the Bears' favor. I don't know if it's going to happen, but, you know, I, I would say Russell Wilson would be the biggest move they can make right now. Outside of that, it's, it's, you know, it'd be a lot of veteran signings. And the cuts, I think they actually finally got 
you know, where they want to be with these cuts. I do think, you know, Keem Hicks could be traded. It certainly sounds like, you know, they're giving him permission to seek a trade. So other than that, there's nothing really huge. I think this is going to be kind of an offseason. We're going to see a couple moves here and there every week or so and then get ready for the draft. All right, that was Zach Pearson of the Bear Report. You can follow him on social media on the Twitter at Zach Pearson. Once again, at Zach Pearson. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter as well at Bear Report. Once again, at Bear Report. Zach, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. You do a great job. Yeah, uh, keep up the great work. Let's have you back on again real soon. Yeah, anytime you guys want, let me know. Um, I'll make make more time for you guys next time. Oh, no, no, it's fine. This was great. Thank you, Zach. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Zach. All right, take care. Once again, that was Zach Pearson of the Bear Report. Support his work. I've been knowing him for the last few years, working with the Dean Davis Show. Of course, I had a couple of other shows down there at uh, Illinois Media School at ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. He was actually in studio for one of the uh, shows that I did with uh, Charles Prodigy Rich. He's still doing his thing at Ralph Hill. So uh, he, he's a good guy. So he, he does great work. He's up there at Hallis Hall. So go out, go out there and support him, folks. You, uh, you owe it to him. He does great work. Some great stuff coming from Zach. And I, I got to reiterate, Sid, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like chuckling at the amusement here because mm-hmm. I don't think, look, I, I just don't, I don't think they know what they're going to do. And I think I heard um, Tom Wall say it on, of course, Wall and Sylvia on, Chicago, on ESPN uh, 1000 um, yesterday that he thinks that they're not in a lame duck year. He thinks that they may have gotten, you know, signed to an extension, him and Aggie both, and... <laughs> You know, that is just keeping it a secret right now. That's why, you know, they're making all these moves. What do you think? If they draft a quarterback in which uh, it seems like all signs are pointing that they're going, what they're going to do, then I would not be surprised. Remember, we had a friend of the show now, Jason Leisure of the Chicago Sun-Times who covers the Bears for, for that publication. And, he, and I brought up uh, the question about the, the contract, of course. Uh, Mark, Potts, Mark Potash, uh, his colleague at the Sun-Times, asked Ted Phillips during that famous presser uh, back when the season was over, back in January, uh, what's the contract status for both Pace and Nagy? Of course, Ted Phillips said, well, that's not important. And, of course, I took a personal offense to that. And, of course, Jason said, uh, you should take a personal offense to that. If you miss that interview, go – at War Media on YouTube to look for that interview. Um, but but, don't, but <laughs> their contract starts are both important. And like you said, Lakini, it depends on what they do uh, in this draft and what they do for the rest of this offseason. If they don't make any big splashes during the free agency period, I guess I can see where people are coming from saying that they have more of a longer leash than usual. Because if they announce it right now just for conversational purposes, if they announce – the uh, the extensions of both those guys, especially Pace, that's not good. Especially after we've been witnessing for the past 24, 48 hours everywhere in Lakina. PR is important, folks. They will not be good PR right now. It, it's, it's just hilarious to me what, what they're doing here. I mean, we kind of knew because we talked about it. You know, we knew that maybe, just maybe, that they may have to have to release one of the veteran defensive guys. I mean, you know, Hicks was probably the most, you know, the, 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 you know, the probably the most you know, chance that he would do that. And, you know, then it ended up being Kyle Fuller because, again, like, like um, Zach said, you know, he was, a lot of, he was owed a lot of money next year. And, he, mm-hmm. of course, he was going to take a pay cut, nor should he. And so it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see where he goes because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to need a beef of their secondary. Maybe Baltimore, um, mm-hmm. maybe Arizona. You know, they made some moves. I said Green Bay. Green Bay. If, well, if he goes up there, it's over. <laughs> it is over. 
I, I, Remember, I, we brought up, I brought it up during our interview with Zach. Uh, the <laughs> Packers signed into the office sheet a couple years ago. Yep. Of course, the Bears matched it, which I didn't have a problem with, both personally and uh, professionally doing what we do on this side. But if he goes up there, it is over for Chicago. <laughs> I, 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 again, I would laugh, you know, hysterically if that happens. You know, we'll I see. I would not be surprised at one bit. Yeah, I mean, Denver, I have a friend out there in Denver who does media. He, he said that a lot of his, you know, Broncos fans, friends, you know, think that may, he may be a good fit for them. You know, look, maybe Vic he reunites with Vic Vangio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that I could I could see that too. So look, I'm sure he'll have he'll have his choices. I think, and mm-hmm. you know, see what Eddie Jackson and seeing Lance Briggs, see both current and former Bears players, sort of like you know, with their emojis, with the face palms, mm-hmm. and just like shrugging and like I I don't know what they're doing. You know, Spice Adams, I think you know his his own gift sort of kind of like covered you know a lot of Bears <laughs> Bears fans' emotions right now. So. I mean, I, I, yeah. don't, I, I just don't know what to say at this point, Sid, because, I mean, you know, to, to, to listen to, you know, what we saw, of course, we talked about the presser with, you know, you know, George and George McCaskey and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. And then another press that they had just a couple of like a, about a week ago, which which was really what was the point of that, because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. But um, I, I mean, we'll just see what they decide to do here, because. I don't think they know what they want to do right now. I don't think I think they're just trying to save face. <laughs> mm-hmm. If they do end up, you know, if, if if Seattle sort of calls them up and says, you know, I, I forgot to add, I forgot to bring this up with Zach, but apparently, according to reports, that the Bears offer three first rounders, two third rounders, and I guess a couple of current players as their initial offer. But you know, the Seahawks said, no, we're not trading him. Who knows what will happen at this point as he gets closer and closer to the draft? But you know, what do you think? As we always say every year, Lakina, the around draft time is lion season, so <laughs> we'll see what's what's true and what's not true. But I want to go back to Allen Robinson for just a second. We brought this up too with Zach. Allen Robinson got scared, or as your kids would say, got scared, mm-hmm. <laughs> signing that tender because of all the reports of of the Bears trying to bring in Kenny, Kenny Galladay from the Lions. The two reasons why he did that: one, because of the Galladay news. And number two, at least from one year, even if I stay one year, I get a comparable quarterback at Andy Dalton, and my numbers can go up even more. You saw what I did with Trubisky in Falls. Now, if I'm out of here by this time next year, so be it. But at least for one year, I get a professional quarterback. He'll give me the ball the majority of the time. And potentially, I can have better weapons around me, Galladay or not. So my numbers will be up if it remains the same or gets better than it was uh, this past season. I'll make more money in the open market because like we said, it, it's not a big uh, splash for wide receivers uh, this offseason as far as free agents are concerned. So take the one year deal. If you cannot work out a long-term extension, see what the plan is from front office. If you, if you don't like it, you can seek a trade right now or just play out 2021. You'll get even more money by this time next year. Oh, no, look, if I were A-Rob, I'd be calling my agent right now saying, look, get me out of here. See what they can do. Because, look, I mean, you know what the Bears are going to be next year. I mean, the defense mm-hmm. is going to be completely different. And, yes, the offense, yes, you got a, you know, a competent quarterback, veteran quarterback in Andy Dalton. But, you know, he has mm-hmm. been able to stay healthy the last couple of years. So, yes, okay, I, I can see what you're saying, Sid, that, you know, maybe, you know, he has a big year this coming year and, you know, he gets a big contract elsewhere. But – Look, you're getting close to 30 if you're Allen Robinson. You're like, look, I want to go someplace where I might have a chance to win. So, yeah. 
And long-term security, of course. Exactly. So if I recall, I called my agent, if I were A-Rob, and say, look, okay, what, what, what can we do here? Because if they're letting Hicks, you know, sort of pursue a, a trade partner, why can't we? So I, I can kind of see why he did that. No, maybe it is panic because of Galladay, but, you know, again, you know, he's trying to look for $18 million, which I think for what I read, the Bears would go up to, like, maybe eleven. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think I would want to trade if I were A-Rob, but that's just me. Yeah, it's a it's a realistic possibility. You have to explore all options. If uh, the Bears are smart, <laughs> if the Bears are smart, will they get fair value for Mr. Robinson? We don't know, but uh, will that uh, those issues uh, remain to be seen to be uh, figured out and coming to some type of conclusion? But hopefully, something uh, in the camps of the Bears and Mr. Robinson will be solved very soon. Lakina, we have a few minutes left here before we take our time out. What moves have impressed you or stood out to you during these first few early days of NFL free agency? I mean, the, the Patriots, I mean, you got to be impressed with what they're doing. But I think my thing is, is that where are they getting all this money? I mean, are they just, you know. Out of Bill Belichick's pocket. <laughs> I, I, I guess so. I guess he's finally trying to spend. But again, you know, they got Cam Newton back, which I was a little bit surprised that he would want to come back. But I guess, look, he loved the offense. He was very comfortable. He and uh, Belichick kind of clicked. I think this is more of an ego thing for Belichick because, you know, you saw what Brady did without him, you know, able to kind of take the Bucks to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Brady it. has better weapons than Cam right now. And I think that's New England still doesn't have a number one wide receiver. I know people can yell at me, Julian Edelman, but Julian Edelman is getting up there in age now. Yeah. The starting to pile up on him too. So yeah, so he's not a number one wide receiver, folks. He's just not. No, and I, and I think people need to realize that um, some of the moves that the Cardinals may have made, you know, they they kind of beef up, you know, of course with JJ Watt, they beef up their their mm-hmm. seventh, you know, their, their their front seven, and you know the Patrick Peterson thing. I thought I well, I didn't think he was going to go back to the Cardinals, but I'm a little surprised he went with the Vikings. That should be an interesting mm-hmm. one because that's sort of the problem with with them. I mean, they got Xavier Rose, so they got you know able to beef up that um, that secondary. Uh, let me see what else. A lot of moves. Um, um hmm. uh, oh Washington Washington I mean got Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. you know they got a you know that's gonna be interesting though I think that Ron Rivera you know there's this comfort level with him and and look I think that look the Dow- Dallas made some moves I mean look that NFC East actually gonna no longer be a, a laughing stock I mean they got Curtis you know the Washington got Curtis Samuel at a 34 and a half, you know, million dollar deal. That's kind of like, you know, have somebody to throw to. So I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued about that whole NFC East because the Giants have made some moves, you know, getting Kyle Rudolph from, you know, Minnesota, you know, of course, Dallas with Dak. And just, I think that, that, I think that division is no longer a laughing stock. I think so what do you, what, what has impressed you so far? Some of the moves. Well, two things. One, the NFC East, it looks like it'll be sort of competitive on paper. I'm using air quotes for those listening exclusively <laughs> on our podcast. Uh, it looks like those teams will be competitive except for the Philadelphia Eagles, but they are another story. I know the Giants are in hot pursuit of Kelly Guy there as, as well. I know uh, Daniel Jones, their quarterback, is going to his third year, so he needs to prove himself uh, to a whole lot of people, to his teammates and to the organization. And first of all, do not get hurt, but with that being said, it's a lot of pressure going to be on him next year. Also, running back Saquon Barkley, who was hurt against the Bears in Chicago in week two, I believe it was, last year. He'll be coming back from his torn ACL. We wish him the best yeah. as well as he rehabbing as we speak. Um, going to the Arizona Cardinals, A.J. Green, they picked up for one year. He's going to be their version of Larry Fitzgerald. He's not going to stay there 14 years, but <laughs> he's going to be a nice veteran target for Kyle Fuller. 
You have A.J. Green. You, I don't know if he's your number two wide receiver, but you can use him in the slot. You already have D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins. So and I'm with Zach Pierce. I was surprised that, like, King and Drake go to uh, – I know he signed with the Raiders, but I was surprised they let him go because that Arizona running game before they acquired him last year, it was trash. Unless I guess they might be one of, they may have somebody behind somebody from the draft, I guess. I mean, that's the only reason why I can think of as to why they decided to kind of let mm-hmm. him walk. I was a little surprised too. But seeing the NFC West, San Fran, they beefed up their, uh, their O-line. I mean, they kept um, Trent Williams to a really big deal. I mean, you know, I, I think the Bears were, you know, after him for a little bit, but he ends up staying with, with the 49ers. Also, too, they got Alex Mack. The, the all pro center from Atlanta. So that, that, you know, shored up that, shored up that, that, uh, that O line. I mean, look, they definitely need that because that was sort of their issue last year, also too with injury. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm pretty, you know, I, th- I like what, you know, what the, the 49ers are doing. They, you know, of course, Kyle, you check, they were able to keep him. So I think that, you know, look, that NFC West is going to be very competitive. So I'm, 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 I'm liking the moves that San Fran made. They may have even more moves up their sleeve. We'll see what happens. But mm-hmm. San Fran is another team that I'm intrigued by some of the moves there. Speaking of the NFC West, congrats to the Los Angeles Rams. I know that trade with the Lions with Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff is now official. But former Bear Leonard Floyd yeah. uh, signed into a new deal. I believe – you can correct me if I'm wrong, Lakina uh, – uh, $64 million for four years. I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have the numbers in front of me, folks. But, okay, let me, okay, let me, yeah, go ahead. But, but, look, but he had a nine him. and a half, yeah, he had nine and a half sacks last year for the Rams as he was part of that uh, ranked number one defense in the league last year. Of course, if he stays healthy, like he did most of last year, helping out Aaron Donald, that's going to be a better football team, at least on the defensive line. I know they cut Jason Johnson. They cut a couple other guys, too, on the, on the defense because of salary cap issues. But uh, Leonard Floyd has some long-term security with that Rams team. There's going to be a whole lot of pressure for them on in 2021 since, since now they have their, their quarterback, that head coach Sean McVay, once in Matthew Stafford. And you are right, Sid. Four years, $64 million, 28 okay. of that guaranteed so yeah i mean look i think litter floyd they got found a better system for him mm-hmm. and they look he said look we don't want you to have to just just go get the quarterback we're not you know we're not yeah. like asking you to do like any rock anything like rocket science related or anything like that look just go get the quarterback and he's been able to do that and like you said said i mean you know staying healthy i think that's sort of the number one thing you know that was his issues here in in chicago but i'm glad you know you found a home you know over in los angeles you know one of the top defenses in the league and good for him i mean andy you know they're able to keep marlon mack you know for a one-year deal i know he had injury issues last year mm-hmm. but you know hopefully you know carson wentz there's going to be a lot of spot the spotlight's going to be on him because mm-hmm. you know they look that that team is set that team is set to yes. win now i mean they got the defense they got the old line look they needed a quarterback, and look, the, the spotlight's on him. And if they don't win, the spotlight's going to be on him. If Frank Wright can't fix him, you know that that's going to be a big, you know, big, you know, red bullseye. And so, and he's looking. The one said, you know, in the presser a couple of days ago that he knows that. So we'll see what he does. And there was another team that I wanted that uh, I wanted to kind of give a shout out to. But go ahead, go ahead, so if you have any more that you. I know that you you were backing up the Colts defense uh, last year, and, and rightfully so. If you listen to this program, you know that I'm correct. Um, speaking <laughs> of the Indianapolis Colts, since uh, Carson Wentz has that quarterback, I'll give you a few teams. I'm sticking with the AFC, of course. 
um, not knowing what the Colts are going to do in the draft, we're looking at their roster right now with Carson Wentz. Do you think they bear the Kansas City? Uh, shoot. Um, right now? Right now. The way things are set up? No. I would okay. still pick the Chiefs, yeah. Do you think they bear than Baltimore? Slight edge. Okay. Only, only because of like the overall team makeup. I mean, look, Baltimore, they still need help. They, 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 got, um, they got a little help in their O-line, but they need more help in O-line. Apparently, they tried to get Juju Smith-Schuster to come to sort of, you know, come to the dark side and play with the Ravens, but he ended up going back to the Steelers, as we said earlier. So, um, hmm. I, I, may, may, can I push on that? I want to push on that. I'm pushing on that. Okay. The Buffalo Bills. No. The Pittsburgh Steelers, even though Big Ben is back for one more go-around. Hmm. I know, probably because, I, I think because maybe because they, they lost to them last year, so I guess I'll, I'll get the Steelers to that one over the Colts. And the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I say that better than the Dolphins. Okay, because I know a whole lot of people are talk, are, were talking about, well, since they have Carson Wentz, they can – take the team they're uh, they're supposed to be a Super Bowl winning team they're they're a contender now so from what you're saying they're not better than maybe one or two teams in the AFC I think so I think they're kind of right there in that like I like I said this is all the you know how wins does is going to be the wild card so look don't take my my sort of my statements at face value folks it's all depend all contingent on what Carson Carson mm-hmm. Wentz does of course. And speaking of the Buffalo Bills, I know we didn't get into it too much for Zach, but former Chicago Bear Mitchell Trubisky signs a one-year deal with Buffalo to back up star quarterback Josh Rosen for one year at $2.5 million. Unless, heaven forbid, we do mean heaven forbid, Josh Allen gets hurt, you'll see a whole lot of Trubisky. But you'll see a whole lot of Trubisky in the preseason because uh, I'm pretty confident we'll have a normal, normal preseason next year in the NFL coming in August. But outside of the preseason, hopefully if you're Trubisky, you don't get much action. But I think this is a good move for him. Obviously, you get away from Nagy. Uh, you have a new identity. You can start over. And you can actually flourish around better players and perhaps a better coaching staff. And the system's better for him, too. I think that, that, yes. that, 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 that offensive system for, Bal- for Baltimore is a little more conducive to his style. So I think that's sort of a better fit for him. So I wasn't, so I, you know, I, I said, I know I said that maybe that I wasn't expecting, you know, Buffalo, but then I thought about it like, yeah, you know, that's probably a better fit for him. Hmm. Now, go, um, going back, Lakina, excuse me, my schizophrenia is kicking in. I'm going back to the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Do you think they're better than the Cleveland Browns who made the playoffs last year and won a game? And I know they beat the Colts last year in the regular season, of course, but do you think the Colts are better than the Browns right now? <sighs> mm, yeah. I, I, even, I know, yeah, I know that they, they beat them, but I, I think if I had to kind of – if I had, like, all things be equal, I think that they are better than the, than the Browns right now. All right. There are, our opening segment will come to a close, but we'll have to – we have to take this 20-second timeout as you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports. On the flip side, we'll – have news about the NFL and their new TV partners signing a new deal. Of course, we'll get into the Chicago Bulls. Ooh-wee. <laughs> and we'll get into the best and worst of the NBA from this past week, and plus a whole lot more. I'm Sid. You're, that's Lakina. You're listening to the weekend edition of Sega City Sports. Hmm.
Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which who is she? I am Cindy Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrum McGee on the IG. You can go to WeAreRicoRadio.com for more details about our programming, articles, features, stories, and all that good stuff. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L Radio.com. And you can go to War on Anchor, which takes you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you can download your podcast. Make sure you type in that search engine box, War on Anger for all our podcast programming for your friends here at War Media. Speaking of War Media, we're on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WARR Media on the tube. You can not only listen to us, but watch us do our thing live. Here we are as we give kisses and take our bows. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun. Uh, a, a programming note for, for your for your pleasure and for this is a disclaimer as we are recording this program we are watching the watching the ncaa tournament along with you guys we just took time out of our busy schedule to uh give you guys some still some good content i know you guys are busy just, just like we are watching this college basketball tournament watch your pulls probably explode by now i don't know about <laughs> you lakina sorry i didn't feel feel i won this year even though i had illinois winning it but with that being said it wouldn't be fair to talk about uh some games and that were that have been completed as we mute that <laughs> uh, some games that are completed they're in games that are going on right now so it wouldn't be fair to you guys so the majority of the first round will be completed as we uh come back at you with a new episode on tuesday so we'll give you all our thoughts and reactions to the upsets, uh, teams that are moving on, things that are good, things that are bad from the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. So we'll give you the full bolt of our Cisco and EB review of this tournament so far on our next episode for Tuesday. So we're watching the games with you guys. That's why you're not getting any breakdowns here as far as March Madness on this episode. We'll give you the full bolt on our next episode for Tuesday. So we're good on that. Okay. Let's move on to the NBA and the Chicago Bulls, Lakina. Things have are not so good right now up on the west side of the city of course the bulls are on the road on the road as we speak of course as of this recording they have already played their game against the denver nuggets on the road uh, if you're smart you assume that's a loss <laughs> but but that being said let's review the the two games that they played earlier this week they beat the Oklahoma city thunder on tuesday they lost their spurs um on Wednesday, but let's start off with the good news, Lakina. They they looked good against the Thunder, 123 to 102. Of course, Laurie Marketing had the dunk of the night. Yes. He contributed with 22 points. Zach Levine, in 31 minutes of action, had 40 points, including 7 to 12 on three-point land, 15 to 20 in field cold shooting overall. Otto Porter Jr., He's off the milk carton for now. <laughs> he came out the bench for 19 minutes, scored eight points. Wendell Carter Jr. in 23 minutes of action, scored nine points to grab nine rebounds. He was a plus 17. Lakina uh, blocking the performance out from the Spurs, which we'll get mm. to in a few minutes. But just concentrating on Tuesday's win against Oklahoma City. It is nice to see when the Bulls play team basketball, <laughs> they actually do well. They had 24 assists 
off of 11 turnovers. That's almost a two-to-one ratio. When the Bulls move the basketball and everybody gets involved outside of Zach Levine's 40-part performance, but when the ball moves around and people get involved, they usually win. So simple, right? <laughs> well, we're not, we weren't used to that, right? <laughs> we weren't used to that, so I mean, we weren't used to, you know, having a, a lead that, you know, the Bulls didn't relinquish and, you know, they kind of played mm-hmm. strong from start to finish. I mean, Laurie Mark didn't look good. Zach had a 50, 50, a uh, 40 pointer, 40 point burger, I should say. You know, Laurie Mark didn't look really good. Probably the best he's, he's looked since coming back from injury. That young looked really good, you know. Well, Keenan was 17, so and not, not a lot of turnovers, which is something that's, you know, again, rare that, you know, we see this Bulls team, you know, not not have a lot of turnovers and more assists, which is all always very, it's mm-hmm. always good to see, you know, Sadoransky made some, you know, good, you know, good plays and, and, and everything. So, and I think, look, Wendell Carter Jr., I think maybe that's probably his best his best spot, you know, coming off the bench. He's actually played better since, you know, he was taken out of the lineup and, you know, coming mm-hmm. off the bench, you know, sort of playing his position because once, you know, he's on the lineup, you know, he's playing out of position. So, I'm, you know, good good for him. Hopefully he can keep it up. And, and look, I mean, this is sort of nice to see. Look, OKC, you know, they have Dort, but Dort wasn't there. So, I think that was able to – they were able to kind of take advantage of that. So, that's why they were able to kind of take advantage of the way they did against OKC. And they looked really good from start to finish. Yeah, they did. And that's what you like to see in the young team is uh, – we are led to believe that this Bulls team are a competitive team and they're trying to make a push uh, for the playoffs uh, to play in, in that playing tournament, that seventh to 10 spot. So it was good for the Bulls to take care of business against a lesser opponent. Of course, we mentioned in our last podcast looking at that, the Bulls lost to OKC on the road earlier this year, blowing a big lead and losing it in overtime. It was nice to actually see them play a full 48-minute game and get their revenge on OKC. Now, the next night, which was Wednesday, it did go so well. The Bulls led by a large march in that second half. The San Antonio Spurs came back to beat the Bulls 106-99. to Jacob Poletti, uh, Politil, uh, excuse me, I'm going to pronounce his name correctly, led San Antonio with 20 points and 16 rebounds. He was part of that trade uh the, the Kawhi Leonard Dre from a couple of years ago, which helped the Spurs win that title. Zach Levine led the Bulls with 29 points and six rebounds and six assists. Lakina, as we've been talking about all year, uh, this is what happens when you have a young team and you have a team that's trying to find its own identity. You're going to win some games. You're going to lose some games. At this point in the season, uh, uh, the Huggies should be off these off these quote-unquote baby bulls. They're not babies anymore. They're grown men. If you want to take your game to the next level, you want to be considered a playoff team, even against better competition. As I told you, Lakina, in our last episode, beware of San Antonio because they were going to come ready to play because Greg Popovich always has his teams prepared. Uh, you, you cannot uh, get away with games like this if you're the Chicago Bulls. Yes, LaMarcus Aldridge is no longer part of the Spurs' planes, but they still have ballers over there, as the kids would say. They still have players over there, and they play within Popovich's system. And you saw that uh, in the second half as they turned it up another notch, and the Bulls looked lost. It's sort of like, you know, in Space Jam where, you know, the, the, the stars have, like, their secret stuff. So, and I think that's mm-hmm. probably what happened with the Spurs. I know, I know DeRozan wasn't there. Um, you know, he was, you know, went to his father's funeral. Um, but look, condolences to him and his family. Absolutely, and and look, I mean, they've got some good, good, decent players. You know, Patty Mills had 14 off the bench. He's kind of led that that comeback. You know, 
Paletti mm-hmm. had that deal. P and Paletti both sort of let that come back. I mean, you hope that this is going to be this isn't going to be one of those losses to come back to bite the Bulls. I mean, yes, they've had losses like this, but you also, you know, at the same time though, you also wonder like, okay, yeah, you, you could you should have hang on to this one at least. You know, you had them on the ropes mm-hmm. and you know and everything else. I think they just ran out of gas and. And, and look, I mean, look, this is what happens when you have a young team that's still learning how to win and certainly learning how to play together. And, and, and I mean, the thing is, you know, the, the, the East is so, like, you know, you know, jammed up, you know, smushed together. They're still, like, in ninth place right now. They're still right there, you know, in the cusp of those play-ins. So, I'm, 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 well, look, I mean, well, let's hope that they don't have any more of these types of games because, you know, especially coming up later in the year, you're going to be playing against tougher competition. You don't want to mm-hmm. have these kinds of games where you're sort of like, oh, crap, we should have won that game against the Spurs. We would have had a seventh or an eighth. So I, I don't know. I mean, this is sort of one of those head scratchers. But again, in a long season, this stuff happens. It, uh, it, this thing, the, these things do, uh, do happen throughout the course of the year. But if, like you mentioned, if you're the Chicago Bulls, if you're trying to get to that next level, which is uh, becoming a playoff team, you cannot give games away like this. You don't have too many mollicans, as you said, Lakina, to uh, to just throw away in the garbage can because these games later in the year will come back to bite you in the butt. Heaven forbid, I do mean heaven forbid for this argument only. If if you let's just say the Bulls start on a mini winning streak and they get up to six or maybe fifth, I, I think that's a little bit far fetched. But let's just say uh, they get up around that seven six spot. Uh, these types of games will, will be the difference between uh, securing a playoff spot and having to play in that tournament through that seven ten spot. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of those things where you, you hope this this game doesn't come back to bite the Bulls, but it's it's like I said, it's going to be interesting to see where where this team goes from here. Um, let's let's talk about the rest of the NBA for a second. So, what what impressed you most this this week in the NBA? Because there have been some, there were definitely some uh, head scratchers, no doubt. <laughs> Uh, I'll go with the mer- the uh, the current game that I watched. It was on Thursday between the Charlotte Hornets and the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, Lamella Ball continues to shine for the for for the Charlotte Hornets. He had 26 points and five assists again. Lakina, as I said before, the people need to pay attention to the Charlotte Hornets. I'm not saying they're a team they're going to do damage in the playoffs and, and things along that line, but I, I I like that team. Of course, Gordon Hayward is on there. Scary Terry Terry Rozier mm-hmm. is a part of that mix as well. If you look at if you look at the final score between uh, that game on Thursday between the Hornets and the Lakers, which the Lakers won one sixteen to one hundred five, the Lakers they. Uh, they still getting their act together as we wait for the return of Anthony Davis, which will hopefully will be sooner rather than later as he is uh, dealing with another injury right now. The Hornets is not as bad as people think. LaMelo Ball had 26 points and five assists, five rebounds and seven assists um, on Thursday night. LeBron James had to carry the low with 37 points, but the Hornets are a talented team to watch. And, I know many people are sleeping on them because they're not on national television a lot, but LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball is co- clearly the rookie of the year, folks. He, he's what makes that team go. I mean, look, P.J. Washington, you know, has, has looked good for them, too. Gordon Hayward, I know he hasn't done much, but he's been a contributor there as well. So, I, I mean, look, I, mm-hmm. I like this Hornets team, but, you know, look, I think they're kind of right there with the Bulls, sort of. A much, I'll say yeah. 
better, a somewhat better Bulls team. I'll say it like that. I mean, they've got the yeah, just slightly. Yeah, they they got the talent. They got the got veteran coaches. But again, you know, their story is still you know kind of learning how to win and learning their way without each, around each other. So um, look, I think that this might be a they might be a dangerous team, you know, especially in their lower tier. So we'll see what what happens with the Hornets. But you know, for the Lakers, I mean, look, I think look, Dennis Schroeder has stepped up a, stepped up a lot. Horton Tucker has stuff a lot, a lot off the bench. You know, Kuzma's been playing very well. So it, it sort of feels like I'm sure there's going to be some games when LeBron is going to take a game off. So I think if you're, you know, hopefully AD will be back soon and, you know, had to worry about LeBron and LeBron can actually mm-hmm. take some games off. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, other than this from the Lakers perspective that, you know, they won four in a row. So yeah, as of this recording, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of impressed, impressed on, on what the, what the, the Lakers have done. Also, too, let's give props to the Portland Trailblazers. They swept their two-game series against the New Orleans Pelicans at home early this week. Tuesday's final score was 125-124. to Damian Lillard, or as the kids would call him, Dame Dollar, dropped a 50-piece mm-hmm. on, on Zion Williamson in the Hornets. And, and, of course, on Thursday, the Blazers finished off the two-game sweep with a one-on-one 93 win. Damian Lillard came down to earth a little bit, <laughs> if, if you could say that at, at the least. Uh, he scored 36 points. Zion Williamson led New Orleans with 26. He had 10 rebounds as well. Looking at the New Orleans Pelicans, Lakina, I want to say that they're supposed to be – I thought they were going to be like the Bulls or the or the Charlotte Hornets, as we mentioned a few moments ago. It's kind of taking the next step of perhaps sneaking into the playoffs this year. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, and I like Stan Van Gunner. I think he's the right coach for that team. Just something isn't right with that organization. I know they got GM David Griffin, and he's going to do a fine job. But just something is missing. Like I said, I know J.J. Red is on the train block. I get that. Maybe Brandon Ingram, who knows, but I, I like him as well. I know he made the All-Star team for the first time last year when the All-Star game was here in Chicago. But I really want to get behind them. Actually, Zion, I think, is really playing very well. But I know people are not paying attention to him because they're not winning consistently. But just something isn't right with that team. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of things missing there. I think they need more – I think they just need more talent there. And I think, look, they've got sort of – you know, you got Zion, of course, but, again, you know, he can't do it all by himself. And, and look, I think you're going to need somebody, sort of like that extra guy there to help him out. I know Ingram – Ingram's up and down, too, so you really don't know what to expect from him. Steven Adams, I mean, look, he's a cult figure, but, again, you know – does he have anything left in the tank? So I I, I don't know what's going to happen. Look, Lonzo, look, Lonzo's up and down too. You know, they don't, they really don't have much, mm-hmm. contri- cut, much contribution off the bench. So, and I think that's sort of been the thing. I mean, that that's, you know, I think there's definitely, I think there's definitely there needs to be more talent there, I think. Yeah, they, there needs to be more talent. Hopefully it comes soon because uh, if it doesn't, when Zion's contract is up in a couple of years, uh, he may be thinking about walking, but you still have a little bit while to go before that happens. So hopefully it doesn't get to that, to that point if you're the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, a few more games to recap for you guys for this week. Um, Tuesday, uh, the Jazz uh, defeated the Celtics on the road 117 to 109. Rudy Gobert had another double double, 16 points, 12 rebounds. Jalen Brown led the Celtics with 28 points and five rebounds and seven assists. Lakina, I still like the Celtics to do some damage in the playoffs like a year ago, but it seems like to me, and this has been an issue all season, and particularly on this show for the last few weeks, you think they take us when they take a step forward, they, they take two steps back. And, 
Yeah. Uh, you're not going to win that way come playoff time. Especially, Especially with the competition in the East with Milwaukee. I know they made a move. We'll get to in a second. <laughs> yeah. But what, the, what, what Milwaukee did as far as the trade is concerned, what Phil, the way Philadelphia is playing right now, especially without Joel Embiid, he should be back in a couple of weeks, hopefully. And and the way that all, all those other top teams in the East are playing right now, if you're Boston, you cannot afford many Mulligans either. I, I, <laughs> we well, talked about this with the Bulls earlier, but Boston is a better team. But well, uh, <laughs> well I think that's what you said. I, 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 I barely can find a word on how to describe well, this look, team right look, now. Well, well, look, I think that's what you said. To, I mean, the, the Celtics are not the Bulls. The Celtics are a more top-tier team than the Bulls are, and I think mm-hmm. that's the problem. We've been given a Mulligans for the last two or three years. Is it the coaching? Mm-hmm. Is it the fact that the players just aren't ready for, you know, to you know, handle the sort of the big top? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I saw a little bit of that game against Utah. And, look, you know, look, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, look, he's doing his thing. And you kind of have to, you know, give him props for what he's been able to do. And, look, Jordan Clarkson and, you know, Joe Ingles, you know, they've both contributed off the bench. So you got to mm-hmm. give them props there. And I think, look, is it, is it, their, is it their defense? Is it the fact that we're not getting – like a full-on, um, you know, contributions from everybody. I mean, look, you just – at this point, I think, you know, I don't want to say that Brad Stevens should fear for his, for his job. He, he really shouldn't. I mean, he's far from that. But you got to look in the mirror and see that maybe it's some of the pers- – know your personnel, NYP, as we yeah. always call it. Yep. You're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports along with McKenna McGee, who is she. I am Cindy Brown, which is me, as we discuss the, the best and worst of this past week from the National Basketball Association. A couple of games from Wednesday, Lakina. Uh, the Nets beat the Pacers 124-115. to 115. James Harden had another triple-double with 40 points, 10 rebounds, and 15 dimes. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant did not play. Blake Griffin has not been able to play yet ever since he was picked up via free agency from Detroit. The Detroit re- released him. Kyrie Irving should be back soon within their next game. Lakina, I like I like the Brooklyn Nets, but is 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 it fair to for for me to say that you we can't really judge this, this team until everybody gets back healthy? Because that's where we're going to find out who they really are. I, yeah, I don't I don't think you're being I don't think you're being out about saying that. I think that's what I think that's what people want to see. People want to see how this team looks at full strength. The problem is that we haven't been able to. I mean, Griffin's been having some issues. Of course, KD he may be out another week with the with that injury. So. I mean, look, they're, they're playing well right now without them, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But, again, if you're trying to win a championship, you're going to need to be at full strength. So I, I'm thinking that I, I want to wait. I'm like you. I want to wait and see what, how this team does at full strength because I think that's what the best way to judge them. Yeah, they look good right now, but they need all their pieces to be healthy and, and, and gelling together come playoff time. And so we'll see what happens with the Brooklyn Nets down the road. Another final from, from Wednesday. This was probably one of the best exciting games of the last couple of weeks. Uh, throughout the lead, the Milwaukee Bucks defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 109-105 in overtime. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak, had 32 points, 15 rebounds. Ben Simmons led Philadelphia with 13 points and 10 rebounds and 12 assists for another triple-double. Of course, Giannis sat there after the game on the court, Lakina. People <laughs> went bananas. I said, Why? <laughs> Look, I think I think he kind of earned it though, because I think he scored like half their <laughs> points in overtime. So he had everyone to kind of do that little pose. You know, Mark Jones, who was in the game for ESPN, sort of said, "Hey, do your pose, yeah. Big G," and you know, something like that. So, I, I, look, he he earned the right. I mean, look, they're going to be playing again a couple of times too before the season's over with. So, 
you know, look, the Sixers can kind of, you know, put this, you know, shut them up and just say, look, you know, get your revenge next time you guys play. They play in a few more weeks. So I'm, I was fine with what, Gian, what Giannis did. I mean, look, we really see some, you know, that kind of thing from him because he's, you know, he's sort of an even, even kill guy. But I think, like, I think he, yeah. wants to try to, he wants to try to win a title this year. So, look, if he wants to, you know, do stuff like that, let him. I mean, that's, that's part of his personality. So it, it, I had no problem with it. But as far as the game itself, I mean, look, I, I watched a little bit of that, you know, the tail end of that game, you know, going into overtime. Mm-hmm. And, look, the Bucks looked really impressive. I mean, they made some defensive stop, stops late, I think, Look, Philly's been, you know, look, Philly's been holding down the four pretty good without MB, but I think yeah. you, you've been, you saw, especially in that overtime, you can kind of see why they do need MB back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully he will be back soon. So, uh, look, I think that hopefully we'll, you know, by the time they, next time these guys do play again, you know, MB will be back. So that's what I want to see. Yeah, uh, Dwight Howard, let's not forget, he's been doing a well of a job uh, subbing in for MB in the starting lineup. But yep. like you said, they need MB in the long run to get themselves prime for hopefully a long playoff run. Uh, the last game from, from Wednesday, was, this was part of the ESPN doubleheader. The Dallas Mavericks uh, pulled away from the Clippers 105-89. to 89. As I said, Lakina, the Mavericks had, uh, have to get it together. Luka Doncic is carrying the Mavericks yeah. on his back. He scored 42 points. Chris Dostrosinius is continuing to produce again. Yep. This is the healthiest, healthiest he's been in the last couple of years, ever since he's been in Dallas, to be honest with you. Yeah. So that one, that one, two punch continues to uh, play well and stay healthy. Uh, the D- Dallas could be a team to be reckoned with. I know they started off shaky to start the year, but they, they, they it looks like they finally turned the corner. Yeah. I mean, look, that's his, that was his ninth um, 40 point game tying Kareem and Devin Booker for 10th most all-time by players 22 and younger. Let's forget he's only 20. We just turned 21. So, yeah. I, I mean, look, I think we're, we're seeing why that, you know, he totally deserves all the props that he got, you know, coming coming in from overseas. But as far, you know, the plus side with the Clippers, they're, they're kind of going back to the, so the same habits that sort of plagued them in the bubble last winter. So they're mm-hmm. kind of going back into those. And that's what, that's what I'm concerned with. I mean, I, I, like I said, mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about Dallas because I knew that once they got at a full strength and, you know, Luca has been able to do what Luca does, they're going to need, they're going to need more of that, you know, more contributions from other people's skill. You know, that way he won't wear himself out. And they've been doing that too with Brzezinkis, um, more senior, you know, played some, you know, some good minutes late, but you know, but again, this is more about the Clippers. You know, I'm, you know, this is they're more about this is more about the Clippers. You know, than than the Mavs. Look, Hardaway Jr. You know, stepped in. You know, helped that mm-hmm. out. Cleve, Kleber has been sort of the guy there too. So he had a big game on Wednesday. He did, and and you know, look that that the Clippers. But on the flip side of the Clippers, I mean, like I said, they're going back to those bad habits, and I'm more worried about the Clippers than about the Mavs right now. Yeah, same here. As we said before on the show, Lakina, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I know we haven't heard any controversy coming out of that locker room, thank goodness. But like you said, watching that game on Wednesday, it seems to me that the Clippers are starting to develop some bad habits. Yeah. And you don't want that going into the playoffs. Absolutely. And probably probably, probably one of the more of the biggest upsets from Wednesday's, you know, Wednesday's games, you got Cleveland being Boston. You know, Colin Sexton had 29. That's a season high for him. And again, you know, they're back at, you know, 500, the, the Celtics are. And, again, going and continuing our conversation from just a few minutes ago, Sid, should Celtics fans be concerned again? <laughs> they should. Yes, you're at 500. You should be better than this. I'm not going to get on the fire Brad Stevens uh, bandwagon right now. That uh, We tried to put that out on the show a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, we'll let some of the folks in Boston do that. Some of you dumb folk in the national media do that. We're not going to carry that here. I'm not ignoring the elephant in the room, but uh, you're not going to fire a coach at this point in the year, Lakina. You just have to write it out to see what happens. If you come to if Danny Ainge, the GM comes to that decision at the end of the year, so be it. But right now, it's not going to happen. So we're not going to drum up that that horse again. So if you're looking for it, it's not going to be found here. So Boston just needs to be more consistent uh, to turn this thing around. I totally agree with you, Sid. Um, going back to Thursday's games, Utah and Washington, you know, Bradley Beal have, we have 43, Russ, you know, Russell Westbrook doing what he, what he does. And, you know, it, it's just amazing. You know, had another triple triple double uh, uh, you know a couple of nights ago and look I think he's showing you that he's still pretty good at this thing you know even though I know some people want to consider him afterthought since he mm-hmm. since he's now in DC but uh, again you know they looked really good and you got to give them props for pulling off that shocker yeah you have to give them props and this is what happens at this time of the year in the NBA this the second half is underway uh people uh, teams are jogging for position you still have another month a month and a half to go but uh this is what it's all about so you see like things like this happen absolutely and another upset um the t-wolves the t-wolves upset the the phoenix suns um anthony edwards i think continues to kind of show you why that maybe Mm -hmm. he should you know have you know, get some attention. You know, he scored 42, and he became the third youngest player in NBA history to score 40 in a game, trailing only LeBron and KD. So you got to give him props for that performance. You know, he kind of sort of – I don't want to say he single-handedly, you know, helped, but he def- that definitely was uh, – his 40 definitely helped in that cause for them. Yeah, if you're the Phoenix Suns, that's a bad loss. It may, it may come down to – uh, but when, if and when it comes down to as far as seating is concerned, come playoff time, this will probably be one of the games that I look back on and say, if we wouldn't be in the Timberwolves, uh, we may be in a fourth spot instead of the sixth spot uh, and vice versa. So we'll see what happens. Minnesota, they, they need a redo. Whew. You know, that, that Tom Thibodeau playoff appearance from a couple of years ago with Jimmy Butler seems like a distant memory now. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, and also, too, you know, of course, Carl Anthony Towns had, you know, 41. So he and Edwards scored like two-thirds of their of the team was yeah. points. So the, between the two of them, you know, they helped, you know, pull off that upset against the Suns. And, look, like I said, I mean, you know, look, you're going to have – look, Suns fans, they shouldn't be too, you know, concerned or freak out. But you're going to have games like this in a long season. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be right there in the top four. So I, I, I wouldn't freak out too much if you're a Suns fan. I wouldn't freak out too much if I'm a Suns fan either. So – like you said, as long as they keep winning, hopefully um, this game wouldn't come back to buy them in the butt, like I suggested before. Now, before before we move on, Lakina, um, and, uh, to preview uh, this this weekend's games, the Bucks made a move, and I'm actually proud of them for once. I'm not saying I'm going to jump on the bandwagon, but I, I see where they're coming from. They traded for this grown old veteran, P.J. Tucker, from the Houston Rockets which boasts up their toughness and boasts up their front line. He gives them another uh, veteran um, presence. Especially, I don't know if he's going to start or not, but he gives them another scoring option uh, besides Giannis and Chris Middleton. But most importantly, he's going to give you toughness. I know they have former Chicago Bull Bobby, Bobby Portis, <laughs> but you got another enforcer in, when need be in P.J. Tucker. I like this move. Now, am I giving Milwaukee the Eastern Conference title? No. 
But do they better their chances with this move? Yes. I think they want to win. They want to, and I think that the brass wants to show Giannis, look, we want, you know, we want, mm-hmm. you know, we want to win too, like, just as much as you do. So I'm okay with this. I mean, look, look, he's sort of like you said, he's kind of like that, you know, the big enforcer. He's, which is weird because he, he's actually very mild manner off the court, but he's actually a big enforcer off, you know, on the court. So I think this is what, like you said, so this is sort of like the thing that's been missing from Milwaukee, which has been toughness. And look, they got it with him. Yeah, so like I said, even if, if Milwaukee finishes the regular season with the best record, they still had to prove it to me in the playoffs. So I think this is where P.J. Tucker's uh, experience and value will come into play. This is more about the playoffs than anything else. Oh, and absolutely. as I said, that they'll him him and Bobby Porter should add some tough toughness to that team, unlike what they had a couple years ago. Especially yeah. last year in the bubble where they got punked around by the Miami Heat. We saw look, we all saw it, right? I think having yeah. getting, t- getting Tucker there, I think they they look they looked really bad. You know, they kinda like just, you know, folded up, you know, when they you know, in the in the loss to the Celtics. But uh, I mean I look I hope I hope look, I'm I'm hoping that this will this will definitely help them because I think like he says, so this has sort of been like the thing that as great as a team is, that's the thing that's been missing, is that that grinded toughness. So mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, Tucker kind of you know, we've seen him do it throughout his career, so why, why, mm-hmm. why not? Why not with Milwaukee? So I'm, I'm hoping this move works out for them. Yeah, let's see what happens down the road with the team up north of Chicago. Uh, let's uh, you're listening to the weekend edition of Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, who is she? I am Sidney Brown, which is me. As we'll give you a quick preview of these these this weekend's games from the National Basketball Association. Even though we are keeping our eyes on the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of games for Saturday, which is tonight. If you're listening to us on a Saturday afternoon or early evening. Uh, at 2.30 p.m. Chicago time, the Atlanta Hawks will t- take on the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James versus Trey Young. Atlanta has been a disappointing team throughout the season. Of course, they fired Lord Pierce, the head coach. Nate Mimmel is the interim head coach right now. And Atlanta's starting to turn around a little bit. I don't think it's going to be enough against the Lakers. As of this recording, the Hawks are one game over 500, but we'll see what Atlanta does on the road against the Lakers. Another game, Sacramento at the 76ers at 7 p.m. This is going to be a good one. The NBA TV highlight game, the Golden State Warriors were traveling to Memphis to take on John Morant in the Memphis Mm -hmm. Grizzlies. You know, Steph versus Jai, I think this is, that should be an interesting one there. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be on NBA TV. So if you want to take a break from watching the March Madness games or if your favorite team's not, not playing or you're waiting for your favorite team your team to play or on your mm-hmm. album to play, you know, watch a little NBA. Yeah, also, too, at 8 p.m. tonight, the San Antonio Spurs, hopefully they'll get DeMar DeRozan back as they'll travel to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks as the Spurs will continue on their East Coast road trip. And that should be a fun one too. And also Charlotte and the Clippers. I know you've been lauding, you know, Charlotte, you know, all years, all seasons. Since. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting. Hopefully the Clippers can get it together too, because they they've got some. They're falling back to some bad habits. So I'm I'm a little worried mm-hmm. right now, but not not too worried at this point. Yeah. All right, let's move. No, yeah, let's move. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead, Sid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move to tomorrow's action, which is Sunday afternoon. At high noon, you'll have the Indiana Pacers uh, traveling to South Beach to take on Alana Tech Howard's Miami Heat. <laughs> at 2 p.m., this is going to be fun. I'll actually be watching this one live via my computer. Mm-hmm. The New Orleans Pelicans taking on the Denver Nuggets. Shout out to our good friend Katie Wingy of, of Altitude yep. Sports. The Nuggets 
the the state of Colorado, the city of Denver, just opened up that arena to allow fans yeah. to watch hockey with the Colorado Avalanche, and of course, uh, allow fans to watch some Denver Nuggets basketball. Of course, it's limited capacity, of course. So, uh, shout out to that state of Colorado, the city of Denver. So, the, some fans will be allowed to watch their teams play. Absolutely, it should be a lot of what the atmosphere is going to be like there. Even though limited, but I'm sure that will feel, mm-hmm. the atmosphere is going to look really, going to look really good. Um, NBA TV game, you got Washington and Brooklyn. That should be an interesting one there. <laughs> you got Westbrook versus Harden, two former teammates, sort of. You know, yeah, that, yeah. That should be a lot of fun. Um, of course, the Bulls and Detroit. You know, the Detroit's been giving the Bulls some issues, but you know, the other, yeah. hopefully, the Bulls will be able to pull that out. Um, mm-hmm. Philly and New York, you know, the Knicks, that should be a fun one there at 7 o'clock. Yep, and wrap it up, the Sunday night schedule, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on NBA TV. The Lakers will travel to Phoenix to take on the Suns. And at the same time, the Dallas Mavericks and the Portland Trail Blazers. Dame Dalla versus Luka Doncic once again. I'm definitely be watching the game, that game too via my computer. I'm also surprised that was on the NBA TV game, but I guess it's sort of yeah. Sophie's choice. Sophie choice between that game and the Lakers and the Suns. You know, that's sort of Sophie's <laughs> choice. But look, yeah. I mean, I'll be watching this game also via my laptop, so that should be a fun one there. All these Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night games. Tomorrow on tomorrow night's game should be a lot of fun. So enjoy. Yep. Like, if you want to get a break from the college hoops, you know, you're more of an NBA person. Why are you not a college hoops person? How dare you not be? But that's another that's another <laughs> story. But look, if you want to watch the, the the pros play, that's fine. There's some great matches coming up this weekend. Yep, and a couple of games uh, for Monday night at 7:30. You'll have the Charlotte Hornets uh, wrapping up their West Coast road trip as they'll take on the San Antonio Spurs at 7:30. At 8 o'clock at the United Center here in Chicago, the Bulls will host the Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell versus Zach Levine, and then at Ooh, at the same time in Memphis. You'll have the Celtics taking on the Grizzlies. And at the same time, the, the NBA TV game on the night, this is for Monday, the Pacers will travel to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Should be a lot of fun, all those games. And I'm looking forward to that Bulls-Jazz game because I'm, yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to see, you know, hopefully we won't, you know, the Bulls will get their butts t- kicked too badly. Hopefully they can, <laughs> hope, look, look, I'm hoping that they can put up that fight. I mean, they're going to have a couple of days off. So hopefully they'll, they'll have that. They'll be coming back from Detroit too. So hopefully they'll have some energy up and they'll be able to have that fight that we've been seeing, you know, all season. Yes. So we got a couple minutes left before we call it quits and, and get back to watching March Madness. Okay. You want to talk about the uh, the NFL's new television deal, which was signed, sold, and delivered this past Wednesday. Yeah. And, you know, sort of a not, not too big of a surprise, I think, Sid. We talked about it, you know, the these last few weeks, I mean, they, you know, they want to get the, 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 you know, the, the I's dotted and T's crossed, you know, look how, how I, I'm, I'm sure like my grammar school teachers are probably like having a field day, like it's, it's the other way, the kid, like, okay, fine kids. All right, guys. But, um, but on a, on a serious note though, I mean, this is a 10 year deal it starts in 2023 that runs through 2033, mm-hmm. $10 billion. Let me say it again, $10 billion with a B. Um, sort of, you know, kind of, a, you know, really the main differences are that ABC is now the Super Bowl rotation starting in 2026 and 2030. Um, you know, the, the other networks, you know, CBS, Fox, and NBC, they're going to have three Super Bowls each. So that's sort of how they're, they're evening that out. Um, mm-hmm. the most, most of the, 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 the packages are the same, you know, Fox is going to have the NFC afternoon games. CBS is going to have the AFC Mm-hmm. ESPN will have the Monday night games, and of course, um, NBC will have the Sunday night games. And really, like the big difference is that 
All the Thursday night games will be exclusively streamed on Amazon Prime. But yeah, who's going to produce those games? I for believe Amazon NFL Prime? Network. NFL Network is going to be okay. going, to, uh, to going to produce those. So they'll they'll have that you know covered. Um, also, streaming is going to be a big thing here, Sid. Um, each of the networks are going to be having games in their streaming services. Um, I know mm-hmm. ESPN, they're going to have one of those international games you know, streamed exclusively on their ESPN Plus streaming pack streaming service um cbs and we'll have a lot of their games on the they're now paramount plus package streaming um mm-hmm. service uh nbc will have it on their peacock service and fox will have a i think i forgot the name of it. i think it's like vod or something like that or vod mm-hmm. or vox or something like that I'll, I'll look it up but yeah they're gonna have it on their streaming services too so could be a lot of streaming it's all gonna be a 17 game regular season it looks like so you know that you know, a lot. So a lot, a lot to pack, unpack here, sis. So what, what, what stands out to you? Well, the, for the first time in the history of the world, Monday Night Football will have its flex schedule. Yep. And, you know, if you're ABC, ESPN, thank goodness, because oh, yeah. <laughs> some of those Monday Night games in recent uh, uh, history, especially after Thanksgiving, the matchups look good on paper, but the teams coming in uh, due to injuries or bad play or what have you and the combination of the two at times, it just wasn't worth watching. Mm-hmm. As I said before, for many years, Monday night football is just not what it used to be. It's all on Sunday night now. And so this is great for the NFL and Monday night football. You could flex uh, that potential bad matchup that you force people to watch. You could choose the best matchup and still get a good quality. Well, now, will they ever get back to what it once was when we were kids or before we were born? I doubt it, but this is a step in the right direction if you're ABC and ESPN. Also, I want to clean up with the Fox streaming services is AOV, AVOD streaming platform 2B. They'll deliver the NFL content for their digital platform too. <laughs> so wanted to clean that up a little bit. So a lot more digital stuff. You know, there's going to be some games that are going to be exclusive on the digital platforms. You know, I mean, it's going to be like all across this, you know, over the air television and, and whatnot. Um, ESPN will actually now have both a divisional and a wild card and a divisional round game. So that's another part of this mm-hmm. new deal that starts in 2023. But I, I mean, look, I, I, I think that you know people need to remember too that I, I look. I think there's still going to be a, a appetite or a market for. It's hard to, to predict what's going to happen in 2033. But I'm mm-hmm. think look. I think by the time the next TV contract, I think there is going to be more streaming. But again. Look, you still got to have people that are going to be watching it over the air. They're going to want over the air. Mm-hmm. That's where they're going to be. The, the big raises are going to be. So I think still, that'll still be a big part of it, you know, coming up in about 12 years from now. Yeah, let's just hope that, uh, that these uh, TV networks, they're on as far as streaming is concerned. Let's just hope when, the rent, that when these people and these companies count the ratings, they count the streaming services as well. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's also where they'll come with that. already said that they're going to do that. So mm-hmm. because the ratings uh, over the year have not, you know, have kind of gone down consistently over the years and more people are streaming, so more people are, are DVRing. Like so, us, yeah, DVR. Like I said, it's, it, there are games going on throughout all sports. We just stick it to the NFL here. But the, especially on Sundays, you know, uh, we talked about this before, Lakina. I'll have Red Zone on my, on my um, main TV. I have the game of the week which is streamed via my computer. <laughs> and I have the DVR for the Bears, which I can watch later. So uh, the, the, the NFL, along with these other leagues, in particular NFL, knows that 
we're watching two or three events at once. Now, how can you watch three events at at once? I don't know. I could barely keep up with two, okay? So, but, <laughs> you know, especially for Sundays, minus the primetime schedule, which the, uh, they, they are the only games in town. Sunday afternoons from noon, our time, to 6, 6.30. You're watching multiple games that's going on at once. And they know that. You know that, and I know that. Uh, you listeners and viewers know that, too. So uh, just... just uh, uh, stream have more options for streaming. It just makes the product much better and better for your consumer as well. And also, like you said, so they want more choices. Consumers want more choices. That's mm -hmm. all. That's all they want. I mean, people. Yep. Want I keep saying it, man. Yeah. You need and want more options. Yeah, because folks want and need more options. Yeah, because you know, look. Yes, there are more folks that are streaming, but I think a lot of them, if they had to choose between like games, especially, I think they would rather watch it on you know on television, whether on you know, whatever network, NBC, CBS, what have you, mm -hmm. instead of, you know, having to look through their streaming app. I know, yes, more and more folks are doing the streaming thing. You know, they're having, you know, the Peacock and, you know, Paramount Plus and all that. Core cutting is big too. It yeah. still is. Yeah. So, but again, there's still going to be a lot of people that are going to be watching it on television. So, because a lot of people yeah. are, are, are going to be ready for that. So, look, I think, like you said, I think people want more options. Yep. And, and this, we're living in a, a technology world that's vastly improving and the way we, that we consume sports we talked about this looking for the last few weeks not just with this nfl tv deal what the nhl is doing as, as well yeah. along with espn putting the games on hulu and espn plus nhl tv will no longer exist after this current season so people want and need options and so you got to find creative and better ways for fans to consume your product the way that we consume our products when we were growing up just tv and radio you have in, in national television where all your sports were starting to broadcast every day it wasn't to the point that we are now obviously and there was no right. social media back then there was no internet but uh, you, the way that it is now you got to have more options and so it's just the way that we that we we consume our sports there's nothing better than live live sports television that's just a fact you're not going to take that away but the way that we consume it the way we did it growing up looking those days are gone and it's not coming back and i think and i think finally the networks are realizing that i think that's what's helping the fact that the networks mm -hmm. are realizing that but the way you know that, look when we were growing up not to age ourselves folks but the way we when we grew up you know speak for was, yourself well, okay 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 i'll speak for myself then <laughs> we only had we only had like three networks you had like an independent network mm -hmm. like two or three independent networks and a couple of pbs networks because remember fox was not fox was on a network then fox was you know just you mm -hmm. know 20th century fox so they were the big yeah. media entity back then and look i mean you had cable but look it was very expensive back then so not and, compared to what it is now. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, it wasn't, you know, access, accessible still. So now it is mm -hmm. accessible, and you got streaming services and whatnot. So who knows what's going to happen in the next, you know, 10 or 12 years, you know, at the, at the tail end of this TV deal. So I think that, that you know, these companies, the media companies, especially by merging, they're realizing that, look, let's try to maximize this. Let's try to give people options, like you keep saying. So... I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be interesting to see how they maneuver this, especially with the Super Bowls and whatnot. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here because it should be very interesting, no doubt. Yeah, and uh, before we get about it here, we talked about this before, before Lakina, and this is to your folks at CBS Sports, the NFL CBS. Let's not forget about the gambling aspect of this either. 
to the NFL Today on CBS. Involve gambling in your pregame shows. You get more people to watch. That's why more of your casual fans are watching the NFL. Involve more gambling on your pregame shows like they do at Fox with stealing Terry Bradshaw's money. Please do that. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Thank you. I'm sure they will. I, I think. Uh, I think Adele, you know, Commissioner Adele talked about it, and I think that I think you will be seeing it more and more. A lot of these pregame shows. I think CBS will have like a, a gambling segment. I, I said before they'll probably have a gambling show or a gambling segment at some point because I think that they'll you'll get more ratings in your pregame shows once you do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know ESPN does it for their their pregame mm -hmm. show. Yeah, you know, we have Fox does, of course, you know, with Terry, you know, stealing Terry's money. So hopefully maybe they can do like, <laughs> look, maybe they can do like, hey, you know, take, you know, Coach Cowher's money or take uh, Boomer's money. I, I don't know. But look, they, they, they got the personality to do it. So, you know, or let, or let Nate Burleson do it. I mean, look, come on. But uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, look, let, let's hope that, you know, maybe, you know, especially now that, you know, people, there is gambling now and gambling is legal now. So mm -hmm. I hope so. I mean, I hope that they can kind of come to the 21st century and say, look, you know, get some, get some gambling segments coming up kids. <laughs> yes. That's why the NFL is popular too. It's not just fantasy football anymore, folks. Mm -hmm. It's DraftKings, it's FanDuel. Uh, I'm not sure I'm missing one or two more, but that's another reason why, especially in these last five, six years that the NFL is more popular than the, any uh, other sport in our country, folks. Yeah, so it should be very interesting. Also, too, a quick shout-out to the New York Rangers for beating the Philadelphia Flyers earlier this week without a coaching staff, pretty much. Um, I think they had to get it, like, a couple of staffs from, like, their, their, NA, their AHL team, I think, Sid, that yeah, – I think they had to get it from them. So, because all their coaches were, you know, were um, – quarantine because of covid so mm -hmm. i'm i'm look that that was a pretty impressive and they looked really good so i got i got to give them props for that cuz that i'm sure that was not easy for those players well they show more fight than the blackhawks we'll get on them on the next episode because uh it's not looking yeah good. i'm i'm, I'm we'll getting, leave it at that i'm getting a little antsy here but on that yeah. note, <laughs> on that note you can follow me at on the twitter and at Keenan's going on the ig you can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. You can, you can check out our, uh, uh, this podcast, Second City Sports, along with our other shows from War Media by simply go to War on, War on Anchor. Let's keep you with Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app. We're available on all podcast platforms just type in that search engine box w-a-r-r -R, on anchor we're also on the tube aka youtube at war media once again at w-a-r-r -R media you can only watch us but listen to us live as we do our thing and we are available on all social media platforms at war media that's facebook twitter and instagram at war media once again so about all our shows like In the Scope with Josh Hicks and that's Davis or our buddy Ken Davis and also the two shows that Kyle does. I forgot his I forgot the name of those shows. Sorry, Kyle. Running with War. <laughs> Running with War with you know with you know with Kyle and the gang. And so, in the building as well. Yeah. So look, we got a lot of great shows. So that you know, don't just support us. You know, of course we we appreciate it, but look, we got a lot of other great shows on War mm -hmm. Media that you guys can support. So please support, 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 and get those likes up. Yeah, and also to shout out to Ken Davis, as we said last week, he's the new host of the Under, Under Center podcast. That's the Chicago Bears podcast for NBC Sports Chicago. They just dropped an episode a couple of days ago um, reviewing the signing for Andy Dalton. He's your new quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Him, Tony Gill, Adam Hogue, they, uh, and the cast of characters over there, they do a great job. Please go support that podcast. Please 
as, as much as you support us, support him as well. I can only imagine what they're thinking about with the bear, with the bear direction of this Bears team. I can only imagine <laughs> what they're thinking right now. I got to check that out. So enjoy the March Madness games, everybody, and other sports that are going on right now. For Sid, I'm Lakian. This is Second City Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you Tuesday. I'm getting back to the March Madness. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get <laughs> to getting back to taking naps and getting my eat on watching this March Madness. Till next time, holla! <laughs>